You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 111. I'm one of your hosts, Roshan, a.k.a. Roro, and I'm joined by Dan the Halo Man, Daniel Prendo, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and the host of Large Popcorn and Video SAS, Christian Macias, a.k.a. ISO Christian on Twitter. How are you fellas doing today? Chilling. Chilling. I love it. I love to see it. love to hear it. We've got a good show for you today. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> every day's a good day when liverpool wins Champions oh League. yes not the whole week, but anyway as long as i win one yeah it's all good <laughs> thank you everyone for watching us live and particip- participating in the chats on youtube and on switch just search up podcast pxn and you shall find us respectively on youtube and on switch we're live each and every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern but if you can't catch us there we've got the podcast recorded on various plat- podcast platforms you can find us there. Uh, the topic of the show, I like what I wrote here. The topic of the show this week is a flurry of Blizzard news to weather through. Wow. Eh? Amazing. Eh? Not bad. But first, the PXN and news of the week. Oh, wait, not, not that yet. We're starting off with the quick bites. As Christian started two weeks ago, we're continuing the trend with some tiny little tidbits before we jump into the meaty news. And we're going to start off with a Knockout City update. So... For anybody out there who's been itching to play some Knockout City on your brand new PS5 and Xbox series, good. Well, you can play it now, but there's going to be some new next-gen upgrades. So PS5 is getting some native 4K support and 60 frames per second. Same with Xbox Series S or Series X, sorry. But Series S is getting a 1440p at 60 frames per second. Um, you guys, are you guys still playing Knockout City? Or is, is that that's long gone? <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Yeah, it was a great two weeks though. Are you kidding exactly. me? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very similar to Fall Guys for me, where I played it for a good, I'd say a good month, maybe three three to four weeks, and then I just dropped hard. Yeah. Um, Although the yeah. BR mode looks pretty cool though. I'm not gonna lie, like that had me. Yes. Maybe yeah. I'll download it again, but who knows? I did see that. I saw uh, Emmett on Twitter. I think uh, yep. he tweeted that. Yeah, he tweeted <laughs> the thing there, and I was like, yeah, that looks pretty fun. <laughs> Um, but our next little tidbit, Sony has formed a PlayStation PC label for its PC games push. Uh, on Wednesday, Steam users noticed that the platform holders' PC releases had uh, their publisher switched to PlayStation PC LLC from the previous PlayStation Mobile label. So PlayStation is officially, it seems, in the PC game, porting their games over to uh, the PC. Uh, I think this label just means that they're going to be doing more of it and that's that's good news to me. Uh, what do you guys think? Have anything to add on that one? I, th- I think I saw on Reddit uh, there was there was like a uh, another Nvidia whatever that's called the streaming tech leak, uh, and there was oh. like six or seven games that were listed on there. Which oh, really? yeah, like Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, uh, some of the big hitters, Returnal. Uh, yeah. Good. So wow. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. Um, but yeah, the PC label is, yeah, interesting. Yeah, we knew that like more PC games were coming. Sorry, more PS PlayStation games were coming to PC. But yeah, like Dan pointed out, like some more recent games, which I think is very cool. And like, I think honestly, Xbox was kind of the trailblazer here as far as getting their games on PC and like almost like pretty much like day and date now. So PlayStation following suit. 
or at least you know catching up. I think it's very cool to see. Definitely, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect uh, Returnal and Ratchet and Clank to be next. Well, maybe not next on the list, but even on a list at all right now. So that's uh, that's really cool. Uh, excited for that. Uh, the next little tidbit we got here is emergency meeting. Everyone <laughs> among us is having a, a presentation tomorrow, a five minute presentation uh, tomorrow morning about its next major update. Another game similar to Knockout City and Fall Guys for me, where I just I fell off of it. I play with my friends every now and again, but it was a good it was a good month of playing it and I just kind of fell off but maybe potentially with this new update might get me back in I hear some there's some new roles being added um, and maybe the airship map I'm not sure if that's already out that maybe that's already out uh, yeah that came out a while ago they came out a while ago it's okay right. <laughs> it's okay but uh yeah any anything you guys wanted to mention about the among us emergency meeting at presentation tomorrow are you guys excited to see what might be unveiled yeah, I'm just interested to see uh, see it come to consoles and see if it kind of widens its uh, fan base once it comes to consoles, uh, which I think is very soon. Um, I I I keep two games uh, pretty much always installed on my PC. One of those is Phasmophobia because it's always fun to go back to and Among Us. <laughs> like anytime someone wants to play that, I'm like, sure, I got it installed. So I'll, I'm excited to see what they uh, post on Twitter. Catch up yeah. that way. So, doesn't take up too much space. It's always good to just have there just in case. That's weird. Ro has Phasmophobia installed on his PC Do as I? well. <laughs> always go back to I'm just kidding. That would freak me out more. There's like, oh my god, it's haunted. How did I get on here? Yeah. Uh, but moving on to our final tidbit in the Quick Bites uh, section. Uh, Dan added this one, of course. Halo Master Chief Collection is celebrating 20 years of Halo with some cool little in-game uh um, items such as some new armor, some uh, nameplates. It looks like I see one here that has the Clippy from Microsoft <laughs> Word. I think that's amazing. Um, and some guns and some, and again some backland, just cosmetic stuff uh, all around. Uh, Daniel, any, are there any highlights from this uh, this update that you want to speak on? Yes, like the the armor that the Orion armor that they're calling it's a Halo Two anniversary armor they're adding, and it's literally the 1999 MacWorld presentation of, of Halo Combat Evolved. It's that armor, like before Master Chief had a final design or whatever, before Microsoft even owned them. It, it's so cool that they're kind of pulling that in, and they're like, "Yes, let's release this as a 20th anniversary little nod to the fans." And they also have a Halo 3 armor set that is from the the books, uh, the book Ghost of Onyx, which is a well-regarded book. And yes, looks so good. Looks so good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think we're ready, everyone, to jump in to the PXN news of the week. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first story is a very, very exciting one. Former Uncharted series director Amy Henning has revealed that she's working on a Marvel game with Skydance. I'm reading from Game Informer, Skydance tapped Amy, uh, Amy Henning to head up a new division within the studio to work on games heavily focused on narrative back in 2019. Now we know more about her first game. Well, kind of. We know it's a Marvel game, but it's currently an unannounced title, so there's no telling which superheroes or villains we'll be playing as. However, we do know what kind of experience it'll be. Uh, Amy Heading uh, wrote, after holding our cards close to or close to the vest for so long, we're excited to finally be able to share the news. We're having a blast working with Marvel Games on our first project at Skydance New Media, and we can't wait until uh, we can share more. Excelsior. 
So heck yes. Thank <laughs> That's God, awesome. man. Yeah. Or Amy has gotten like the the poor end of the stick for so long. I'm so happy to see her get a massive dub like this. Also, did not know Skydance also made games. Uh, I know them <laughs> as like the movie company, so I was like, wait, what? Uh, but yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yes, this this is awesome. I, I think they formed this uh, studio uh, around Amy Hennig because they wanted to get into games. You know? Yeah, super cool. Like, like, what game do you guys think we're gonna get from this? Exactly what I was about to ask. Yeah, me too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like what superheroes or what superhero we have, like, I'll just start off by saying we have Spider-Man from Insomniac. We're getting Wolverine from Insomniac too. Square Enix t- took over Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, apparently all those games, well, we don't know what Wolverine's going to be like, but so far all those games would be great. Marvel's Avengers, it's kind of hit or miss with some people, yeah. but uh, for Batman, we've had, well, that's DC, but you know what I mean? The superhero games that we've had of recent years are, have been pretty good. Uh, what do you think Amy Henning is going to bring to the table? What what superhero do you think she's going to take on? Daniel, I'll, I'll ask you first. So I was trying to think of like what would be the best Marvel character to like tap into Amy's like experience. I feel like a Black Widow game would very well tap Whoa. into that because obviously she you know uses weapons in similar capacity as like nathan drake but like she also has a ton of awesome melee you know ideas that that she could have and it could be you know super cool like action you know adventure game just you know like uncharted uncharted esque, mm-hmm. i guess uh except in the vein of marvel so i thought that would that sounds really cool that is so cool that is cool so yeah, my, like like Dan, my first thought when I think of an Amy Hennig game is I'm thinking like a third person linear kind of game. It doesn't have to be linear; it could be like semi open world or even open world. Like that's that's cool too. But kind of narrative driven game, a la like the Uncharted games for sure. Uh, and so like I started thinking like what Marvel property would be cool for like a narrative driven experience, and like I immediately thought of Daredevil. Mm, yes. Yeah. However, however, like well, I I like. And Somniac's doing Wolverine and Spider-Man. Like, I would love to see, like, those characters, like, come together to do something. I feel like with Spider-Man already being in New York, probably Daredevil would be safer for, like, um, an Insomniac game. It's like, well, what else could they do? And then I thought, like, well, let's think of more people who are kind of like that badass kind of, uh, like, beat-em-up kind of person. I thought Moon Knight would be kind of cool. Plus, the show's coming out soon as well, so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, whatever we get out of this is, like, I'm going to be excited for. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time deciding on which, which character I would like to see the most from, uh, from Amy Henning. I think Black Widow would be awesome. Moon Knight would be dope as well. Um, but I, I think a Doctor Strange game would be really cool uh, to see. Oh. I think that would be awesome. I know Daredevil is the one that we've been asking for time, too, as, like, especially with the Spider-Man game that came out. Um, that's just been bumped up on the on the list, but I think Doctor Strange would be a really cool one to to dive into with all of his powers and and stuff. Um, I don't not sure how, how that looked like as a narrative game, because I just don't know that much about Doctor Strange's universe. But from M- from the MCU, uh, from my MCU knowledge, I would really like to see uh, what a game from him would, or a game with that character would look like. Those movies are such like visual spectacles that it would be yeah. so cool to see that in game form. That's true. All right. Well, we cannot wait to dive into Amy Hemming's new Marvel game. I think that we may have to wait a little bit longer 
part is PAX South's return, though, because it has been canceled. Uh, PAX South has been canceled for the foreseeable future. Red Read Pop has announced that it will be shutting down PAX South for the time being. Quote, while each of our other events have flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, PAX South hasn't expanded and to some extent has remained the same show that it was when we opened in 2015, wrote the PAX team in a statement. Um, they continued saying, faced with that reality and compounded by the impact of COVID-19, we have made the difficult decision to bring PAX South to an end for the foreseeable future. Uh, end quote. Understandably, fans who are looking forward to PAX South's return in 2022 will be disappointed. However, the wording in the statement suggests that it could return sometime down the line in a more favorable conditions, if more favorable conditions happen. Um, so PAX South, of course, one of the many PAXs. Um, PAX East is, I think, the most popular one. Is that fair to say that that's like the biggest PAX show? Yeah, that, PAX show? that used to be like PAX Prime before they changed it to, to PAX East. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I am not. I, I haven't been to any of these shows before. Um, but maybe you guys can speak more to what this means. Pax South being removed, or is it that big of a deal? If Pax East is still a thing, uh, Christian. What What do you think about this uh, Pax South being canceled news? Yeah. I mean, I can like from a business perspective, I can certainly see why it's justified. I mean, they state in the article that they just hasn't been have been seeing the growth that they needed. It's been like the same kind of show since 2015. And certainly, of course, I'm thinking COVID has something to do with like numbers, like as of lately. Um, I started thinking of like there was like a recent. Um, I think I don't think it was Pax West. It might have been, but it was just like dire. There was no one there. There was no booths anywhere, and it was like all over Twitter for a solid day or day and a half. And I don't know, like I guess like the state of cons in general are kind of up in the air right now, and that's gotta be COVID stuff. I'm I'm guessing. Um, there's like speculation that PAX West, PAX West could be next on like the, the cutting, cutting room floor, I guess, uh, in terms of like canceling cons, but that one seems to be pretty popular. Like uh, I've seen tons of people that go to PAX West. It's still a big one. So I'm not sure about that, but I I think it's certainly sad. Yeah. It sucks. It definitely sucks for like fans that are you know in the Texas area. And I know we j- we joked about in the pre-show that I live in Texas. I definitely don't, Christian. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I, it sucks for fans that live like super far away from you know Seattle or uh, or New York, which I believe is where East takes place. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, one less avenue for those fans to kind of get into, you know, these cool social events to talk about games and see their favorite creators and and listen to panels and all these things that you get from these cool conventions. So it does kind of suck for those people. Um, I think it would be cool to go to a PAX event, but I've never been. So maybe, maybe PAX East sometime because, you know, that'd probably be closer than Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always wanted to go to one of these conventions as well. I just just any of them. I, Anime North is the closest one to me in in Toronto, and I've been meaning to go ever since I knew it was a thing. Someday I will, uh, and hopefully someday I'll be able to go to a PAX as well someday in the future. Bring bring back uh, PSX, man. Those are those. Yes, <laughs> those cons were sick. PSX, PSX. Yeah, there was I. I wanted to go so bad, but there was one time that I just signed up for like the digital event one year, 
and I got it. It's like, oh, this is this is as good as it's gonna get, huh? Okay. <laughs> just, it's it's basically as as like just watching it on Twitch, but it was fun. It was fun. I'd much rather be there though. But uh, someday, someday. Moving on to our next story: Sega and Microsoft announced a strategic alliance. Sega and Microsoft have announced that they have agreed to a strategic alliance that will see Sega produce games built on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. Announced in a press release, Sega explained that the agreement is part of the company's Super Game initiative, which aims to create new and innovative games focused on global online communities. Uh, this quote, this proposed alliance represents Sega looking ahead and by working with Microsoft to anticipate such trends as they accelerate further in the future. Uh, the goal is to optimize development processes and continue to bring high quality experiences to players using Azure cloud technologies, said Stega in a statement. Um, Azure is Microsoft's cloud computing service. Um, yeah, this is an interesting team up. I remember us uh, talking about, oh, who's, uh, I don't think this has to do with it, but I, oh, who's Microsoft going to acquire? What Japanese studio is Microsoft going to acquire? And Sega was one of the ones that always came up. It's cool that they're making, uh, kind of doing something similar, kind of teaming up to uh, bring some cloud gaming to to us on their Microsoft Azure platform. Uh, Daniel, what do you think about this uh, neat little team up and what do you think is going to you know come from it? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that the end gamer is going to see some, so much of an impact from this as much as uh, more of like a services side of things for Sega. Because um, like the article says, that they Sony did a similar deal with Microsoft back in 2019 where uh, they basically used Microsoft's uh, cloud services to help them build their games. Mm -hmm. And people were like, what the heck? Microsoft and Sony working together. But like people don't understand like it's two completely different divisions of microsoft and microsoft has their cloud division that they literally are selling cloud products so uh but yeah i i think it'll definitely hopefully improve you know whatever sega is working on um but i don't think it'll have much impact in terms of like you know exclusivity necessarily or anything like that i think it's more so to just help uh sega build their games so what you're saying is we shouldn't expect Bayonetta 3 to also come to Xbox. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's actually good. Now I have like actual expectations in check though. Cause when I first saw this, I was definitely thinking that it would be some kind of partnership in terms of gaming. Mm -hmm. Granted they talked about cloud stuff like, okay, I'm not sure what like cloud gaming is going to look like for Sega, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. That's 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 a that's a good help as well. There's another story that's coming up. Uh, two stories after this. The well, we'll talk about when we get there. That I'm going to definitely need your guys' help with understanding. Um, but we shall get there when we get there. Moving on to the next story. Uh, got some Halo news, Daniel. Halo More. early access. <laughs> More Halo news, yes. Uh, according to a new image, one of Halo Infinite's additions may have leaked, it being an early access digital bundle. Uh, the leak comes from Microsoft and Windows reporter uh, Aggie, Aggie Ormanti, Aggie Ormanti Lumia, sorry, who spotted the listing on Microsoft Store and posted the findings on Twitter. Interesting, interestingly, the page does not list Halo Infinite in the title, uh, that being simply Early Access Digital Bundle, with the description saying the same thing, and Halo Infinite Multiplayer being included in this bundle section. 
In addition, a prior tweet with Bilumina in indicates that Halo Infinite may be receiving four DLC packs. Um, so Daniel, how do you feel about an early access bundle? Probably as someone who has already pre-ordered the game, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the DLC, what do you think the DLC is? Is it a story or is it more multiplayer stuff? So I'm not entirely sure what this is going to be because... I there, there was part of me that looked at this and was thinking, like, if, if this is like a press or journalist uh, access to the game, like they're giving this code to have early access to the game. But the weird thing about that is, is it wouldn't show up in the store, which I saw people commenting mm -hmm. below that it wouldn't show up in the public store if it was something like that. So... Then I was thinking, like, maybe maybe they released the multiplayer early. Like, this is the 20th anniversary of Halo this month. So, like, maybe they give people early access to Infinite's multiplayer uh, at the end of this month or something. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, like, what this is. Or, like, if is this just DLC for Infinite? Like, I, it's still very unclear to me, like, what this could be. Um, obviously all the multiplayer DLC, whatever, you know, multiplayer DLC ends up coming out is going to be free, uh, cause the game is free to play and following in the footsteps of Halo five, which all of the DLC was free. Um, so it will be interesting to see what this is. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I'm definitely intrigued. Have they done some like stuff like this before with other games that you know of? at all not not that i know of like the only like early access thing is like uh for instance forza uh forza horizon 5 yeah. has like five days early access if you get the uh special edition of the game um but yeah i, I don't know of anything that they've done like this before with with halo in, in uh particular yeah you gonna jump I, on this yeah, if, if you have access to it. I, I mean, yes, I'm, give me it all. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, my, I, I actually haven't pre-ordered Halo Infinite because uh, I got the console, which Halo Infinite comes with the console, and the console actually comes out next week, the, or next week, the 15th, whatever the 15th is, maybe a week from after that. But uh, it comes with a digital... Yes. It comes with a digital code of the game, so like I can't enter that code until I have my console and I get right. that code. So hopefully, it's nothing like before that. I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> this is just like an off off question for Dan as well. Like because you're such a big Halo guy, are you considering buying? Is there like a physical version of Halo? Yes, I imagine there is. Right? Are you are you considering buying that just to have that as like <laughs> like physical collectible? I, yeah, I've thought about it, and I don't know yet, <laughs> because, <laughs> yes, it's like I own it in Game Pass, technically, well, I guess rent to own, but then I'm also getting a digital copy. I'm like, do I really want to go buy a physical copy just to have a disc? I don't know. I, I do have a copy of Halo <laughs> the Master Chief Collection that is still sealed, factory sealed, that I never opened because I got a digital copy of that as well. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> the crazy part is is if you put that sealed uh copy of master chief collection into an xbox one that's not connected to the internet far different game than what we have right oh, now yeah i can imagine <laughs> oh wow that's interesting yeah um moving on to our next story it's software hiring staff for a long-running iconic action 
first-person shooter. Uh, its software currently has a number of job vacancies um, open uh, at its Dallas offices, where the studio is hoping to hire new staff members to work on the development of a long-running iconic action FPS. The open positions are currently uh, can currently be found listed on Zenimax website, as well as stating that the developer is hiring staff to work on the on an already existing IP, a number of vacancy posts on this site may also provide further clues to what that might be. And what they might be indeed is Quake. Maybe it's Quake. Could perhaps be that. What's the other or uh, what's the other game that you in uh, Daniel? What what sorry, say that again. You cut you cut out for a second. Sorry. It was there were two games that you mentioned that it could be correct. It was Quake and what was the other one? Uh, Quake and Doom are the two that came Doom. to my mind. Okay. Right? Yeah. Gotcha. So, like, the only reason why I was thinking it wasn't Doom was because of them mentioning the fantasy aspect. Because, I mean, Doom's not really fantasy, I wouldn't consider it. I would more consider it, like, sci-fi. Uh, but quake definitely has that fantasy element to to it and it, it also was weird to me that they re-released quake not that long ago uh that remastered version of quake so like why else bring the back this game that came out 20 plus years ago other than to revive the franchise um so yeah i'm very interested in this and i think that uh it did an amazing job with doom 2016 and as well as doom eternal and I would freaking love to see them yeah. re- revisit Quake and, and see them bring that to a modern, you know, standard and see like I want to see like what Quake would do for, you know, current games as to what Doom did for current games. Like I want to see like what the differences would be between the two of those. You're not alone, too, because Quake is like a super beloved franchise. I I missed it growing up. I was like of in terms of FPSs. Like on PC is more playing Unreal Tournament, but like all signs like Dan said would point to this being a, a Quake. I don't know. I guess a, a reimagining of the you know, beloved franchise, and I would love to get my hands on that. I, I love the 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 reimagining of Doom. Yes. So. Heck yeah. Or just game on PC too, by the way. Definitely. Yeah, Quake was one that I missed as well. But um, like Christian, I, I loved Doom, and as we've talked about on the show, first-person shooters aren't usually my first genre to to jump to but i love doom and doom was so fun uh everything about that game the the fast-paced uh mechanics everything the difficulty was a nice challenge as well um so them re revisiting an older uh quake and bring it back and reimagined and making it uh for a more modern audience could uh, definitely be something interesting and something that i would be definitely down to check out uh with my history with uh with the doom franchise that they rebooted so Definitely down to see whatever uh, they come up with, for sure. Moving on to the next story, and this is the story that I alluded to earlier. Oh, okay. About, like, I just... We'll, we'll talk about it, obviously. <laughs> but uh, Ubisoft plans to create its own blockchain games to enable, more, quote, enable more play to earn. I'm reading from Rebecca Valentine on IGN. Uh, Ubisoft just concluded its Q2 earnings call, a strange event where relatively okay financial numbers were overshadowed by the company being on the defensive due to delays, workplace allegations, and questions about free-to-play. But one element that, uh, that seemed to make both Ubisoft and investors happy was a discussion of blockchain. Ubisoft's future blockchain ambitions were mentioned both in its earnings release 
and a few times during the call. As noted in its press release, Ubisoft is funding blockchain gaming company Animoca Brands, uh, which advertised itself on its websites as the global leader in branded blockchain gaming. Um, in addition to its funding of uh, Animoca, <laughs> Ubisoft is found is a founding member of a block of the blockchain game alliance and has been exploring the technology generally since uh, since its early development. CFO Frederick Duguay uh, specifically called blockchain a revolution on the call. It seems like everyone is getting into blockchain these days, but what does that mean for Ubisoft games? Yves um, Gamon, Yves Yves Gamon, sorry. Yves, yeah, Yves Gamon. <laughs> Uh, confirmed during the call, Ubisoft both wanted to invest in companies working with blockchain and organically create its own games, indicating uh, latter that we might see it end up in a Ubisoft games down the line in some of some form of new monetization new monetization tactic. Um, this is what he has to say about it. Uh, blockchain will imply more play to earn that will enable more players to actually earn content, own content, and we think it's going to grow the industry quite a lot, Game One says. We've been working uh, with lots of small companies going on blockchain, and we're starting to have a good know-how on how it can impact the industry, and we want to be one of the key players here. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's as I, as I said earlier, this is the one that help understanding as to why they are doing this one. Why? I think that's where I want to start. Why do you think? Why? You yeah, why? <laughs> why? And like the whole NFT and blockchain stuff is still something that kind of uh, racks my brain a little bit. I know non-fungible tokens are something that is unique, quote unquote unique, uh, a unique product, but in digital form. Like if somebody draws a picture and they make it an NFT, you have to pay for that JPEG, right? And no one else owns it technically upset the person who bought it even though you could probably screenshot it and just do whatever that you want yeah. with it that's one of the problems that nft people are, are facing but obviously this is different this is in gaming so that's where i kind of have the difficulty of understanding what they're doing there's somebody down here that kind of tried to uh make it a little bit easier to understand so i'm actually reading an ign which never usually happens, but uh, basically this is what they say. <laughs> They're going to market games as though you are able to potentially earn everything without spending real money, even to earn Bitcoin analogs that have real money value. The unfortunate truth is that however, by be, however, be competing against no lifers to earn pennies an hour, so it will make more sense to buy their, pro uh, their product than to grind your life away shoveling 16 tons. So... Yeah, I'm just, Christian, maybe you could just help me, Daniel, maybe you could just help me what this means for Ubisoft games that they're, they're doing Bitcoin now. I feel like they're just one controversy it, after another with, with them. It means I'm not going to buy any Ubisoft game from here on out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means. I, I Also, like, I, I guess just the, the way I imagined it, and maybe I'm wrong as well, like in terms of NFTs and gaming, remember No Man's Sky? Like how mm -hmm. big that universe was, and like when you reached a new planet that no one else had ever discovered, or found a new animal no one ever discovered, you were able to claim that as your discovery, and you wrote your name on it. And like anytime someone else made that same discovery in in the universe, it would have your name attached to it because you made that initial discovery. I guess that is how I would imagine NFTs mm -hmm. and games, except you have to play to actually earn the uh, 
I don't know what kind of currency they're going to use, some kind of crypto maybe, or like their own in-house crypto, Bitcoin, what? I don't know. But it, it, is, it is a lot to unpack. I'm glad <laughs> investors are happy. Yeah. But like, screw them. I, I don't know any gamer that's like fiending to get some like NFTs in their games, to be honest. And maybe I'm just like ig- ignorant, maybe. Like, they're, I'm sure they're out there, but like, this is just like a yeah. super out of left field, left field thing for Ubisoft to do. And like, I know one of the big controversies as well is like how like, crypto mining is like terrible to the environment. And like, mm-hmm. we've only just scratched the surface of that. We had the big scandal come out this week of uh, the scammers who were, um, had their own like monkey coin or whatever and like they were selling like nfts of the, the these drawn monkeys and then but you couldn't exchange them and then they like all bounced out because they took everyone's money a lot to unpack i don't know why ubisoft is doing this essentially dan please yeah. help. Uh, help us. I, I don't think i can help you I, this confused the hell out of me i was just like what what does this mean like what does this actually mean ubisoft like I, I'm just at a loss for words because if you announce or talk about something like this, like you have to show like what this means because like it's talking about something and showing something are two different things. And like, this is already confusing as hell and not very, you know, descriptive of what this means for your games. And if you don't show something like an example of how this is going to make your games better, then why are we, you know, why are you moving towards this? uh I, I guess is my kind of qualm with this i don't i don't understand what the purpose of this is uh and yeah i don't it's very confusing to me yeah okay i think we're all in the same same boat yeah. then um but yeah I, I agree daniel that they need to show us what what this is or else we're just always going to be confused obviously um but yeah it'll uh at the very least be very interesting to see what this looks like when when the time comes for them to show it off. Um, but as for the time being, I'm just going to remain very con- <laughs> not supportive of whatever the heck. What are, they, what are they doing over there, man? What are they thinking? I don't know. Make a, just make a Splinter Cell game <laughs> and then just call it a day. <laughs> and yeah, they probably make more money by doing a by doing that. Just make a really good Splinter Cell game. Oh, no. There's rumors oh, no. about a Splinter Cell <laughs> game in development. What if yeah. the Splinter Cell game has this NFT shit? Um, no, I don't <laughs> want that. Just give me a Splinter Cell game, Ubisoft. That's a freaking Splinter Cell game. My God, can you imagine the next Splinter Cell Wait, game it has this stuff in it? And it's a stealth game, and it's just something completely different. Oh, okay. Mining crypto and Splinter Cell to own all the <laughs> all the suits. Oh boy, oh boy, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. Yeah. We're not giving you free ideas here what not to do so if you're listening don't do these things don't be like oh you know what that's not a bad idea no don't do it don't do it don't treat your workers better too while you're at it true yeah that too that too uh moving on to our next story niantic is shutting down harry potter wizard unite uh harry potter Wizard unites developer niantic uh augmented reality mobile game set in jk rowling's uh wizardly world is shutting down on january 13 2022 Niantic announced the game's closure on the Harry Potter Wizards Unite website and presents uh, promise players uh, that they'll get a narrative conclusion. Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. Granger? Is that correct? Granger? Granger. Sure. Granger. Sorry. Granger. I haven't oh, seen Harry Potter. That's... 
<laughs> yeah, that's another topic for another time. Uh, we'll put an end uh, to the in-game calamity before Wizards Unite shuts down. Um, Niantic said it will remove Harry Potter Wizards Unite from the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, and Galaxy Store on December 6th. It will also end in-game purchases on that date, too. And I'll be completely honest, guys, I didn't know this game, let alone it came out two years ago. Is that correct? Is that what I'm seeing here? Say, thank you, bro. I'm, I'm <laughs> so happy you were brave enough to admit it because I was too scared. That, yeah, I had no idea this game existed either. I, yeah. Which I guess is why it's being shut down. Yeah. Exactly. The only reason why I knew this existed was because of them making Pokemon Go. Because as soon as the story came out, I was like, uh, a Harry Potter Pokemon Go game? I don't... Okay. Yeah, but. and I'm sure we've talked about it on the show, too, whenever it released. Or I probably wasn't even on the show when it, it, when it came out, but I'm sure it was a topic at some point. But I always thought it was in development. I didn't think it had already... Come out! I thought this was like a game, like oh man, I really want this Harry Potter AR game to come out, but it was already out apparently. No. Um, but yeah, I, I Pokemon Go is reckoning all the cash for them, so apparently this was unsuccessful. I think fourteen million dollars is what this got. Apparently that's unsuccessful for them. But again, they make they made Pokemon Go, which is just swimming in money. So I, I understand uh, where they're coming from in that regard. One of the greatest mm-hmm. summers of my life, am I right, guys? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a great game. It was just fun. <laughs> just fun, yeah. Who got me to go outside? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the only thing that got me to walk around uh, my college campus when I was going to school. <laughs> Every, mm-hmm. I, I literally, I went to, to college with the mindset of, I'm here to go to school. That's it. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going to school. I'm going to class. Wow. Went home. And then Pokemon Go came out, and then I started to explore campus for the first time ever. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, we have washrooms here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, w- one day I'll tell you guys about my PlayStation All-Stars tournament in my college dorm. Ooh. Ooh. Is, that, is this a PG story, or is this an after-hours Oh, story? yeah, of course. No, a PG. <laughs> All right, just checking, just checking. Yeah. Moving on to our next story. Netflix Games has announced, or has launched today, actually on Android devices, uh, and it's got a banger of a lineup, guys. Stranger Things 1984, Stranger Things 3, The Game, Shooting Hoops, Card Blast, and lest we forget, Teeter Up. The Netflix subscription subs- necess- is necessary. iOS is coming in the future as well. Um, I remember us talking about this uh, a while ago. Night School is also something that we should mention. They did partner with Night School. Obviously, that game isn't on this mm-hmm. list, but sometime in the future, we can expect a Night School game from... Uh, this roster of critically acclaimed games that they've got going right now. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about this launch of, of uh, Netflix uh, games? Is the list of games what you were expecting uh, it to be, uh, Christian? I mean, personally, if I were Netflix, I would have held off until the iOS app was ready to go as well. Mm-hmm. That way I can have all like the consumers like uh, be able to download it at once. Right. And I mean, I haven't checked out the titles yet, but maybe I would have held off to to have like something that seems more mass appealing, other than two Stranger Things games, and then just some other games that I, I just have no idea what they are. Maybe it's a basketball <laughs> game. I guess you just like. I I also don't know. Like, has you have you guys read this out? Do you guys have Android phones? Do you know what it looks I like? Not, I do not have an Android phone. I've I've seen like the the press picture. Uh, I haven't seen any gameplay of it. I don't know if you even can like stream it because of Netflix. It's like you can't capture right. 
uh, um, anything on their thing. So I don't know if, if they do it differently with with games. Um, but I'm pretty sure the other games that aren't the things games are like App Store games, like you just mobile games that you would find your mom playing probably. Um, yeah. So my question is, like you, you talked about the iOS app, Christian, like. How does this exist when Microsoft can't have their Game Pass app, you know, where they they hit their cloud services, they have to go through the web. So how is this different that Netflix is able to have games in an app that's dedicated to games like that's a little tricky. I didn't I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I don't, even, I, don't th- I don't think I have an answer for you. <laughs> is that a gotcha question? But yeah, that, that's I don't know. Yeah. That confused me because I was like, wait a minute, is this, and I guess maybe the question is like, are these games being streamed to your device or are these games like natively on your iPhone? Like you just access them through an app? I'm not sure. It's got to be stream, I imagined. Right. Yeah. And if it's streamed, like how is that not the same thing as Game Pass? So how... That's what I'm confused about. Like, how can they, how can Apple say, like, no, we're not doing this, but we're doing this? The only way, so I'm looking more, I'm looking at Netflix geeked. The only thing I can think that might be uh, letting this app be on iOS is that there's no additional ads, no additional fees, and no in app purchases. So, because of that, mm-hmm. that may be why it's able to be on iOS. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Let's all get Android phones and, and try to yeah. yeah. Worth it. Definitely worth it. <laughs> Stranger Things 1984. Well, the other thing I just thought of, too, uh, the fact that this is launching on Android, because obviously Game Pass is on Android as well. They're allowed to have one there. Maybe the, by them saying iOS coming in the future, you're going to have to go through the browser just like you have to with Game Pass because right. they don't specifically say that it's in the app store. So maybe... It is the same type of service where you have to go into, you know, your Chrome or Safari or whatever and uh, go to the web to play these games. Well, only time will tell. I'll definitely check it out when it's here. I have Netflix, got the subscription, so it can't hurt to, to check out. I'm definitely interested in whatever Night School is going to make because I, I, I do enjoy their games a lot. But with this first, uh, this first uh, uh, slew of games or batch of games i am confused as to what that might look like but it could be like a cool little narrative game that you play i think there's a couple of night school games on 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 uh mobile anyway oh man 1984 was that like uh like 2d like rpg that came out a while ago yeah, I was making fun of it, but I actually kind of enjoyed that. I think I downloaded it. <laughs> like, I actually had a decent. I stopped after a while. I didn't finish it, but like it was like oh. fun well, enough. Maybe, maybe they have got they've got one hit on their hand. That maybe too yeah. too harsh yeah. for. <laughs> That's good. Um, moving on to our next story: Smash Bros. Ultimate Sakurai stepping away from the series. Not sure what's next. Gamespot writes. Uh, Steve Watts writes. Sorry. I'm reading from GameSpot, but Steve Watts is the writer. Sakurai spoke with Japanese magazine Famitsu about his current plans. He said he's not thinking about the sequel right now, but he can, quote, but he, but he, quote, can't say with certainty, unquote, that Ultimate will be the last Smash Bros. game. For the time being, he seems to want a break, though, saying, quote, I need to think whether I must release a Smash game or not, even if I have to do something that would disappoint users, end quote. He 
also said he would need to seriously consider and consult with Nintendo on whether a future Smash would be successful, uh, which I thought was really interesting because, as we've talked about before, Smash Bros. Ultimate is really the ultimate Smash Bros. And would another Smash Bros. be able to even compete with that? I, it's really interesting to think about, uh, but I'm glad Sakurai is taking a break finally. Let the man rest. Um, but... Yeah, I, I just wanted to know what you guys thought about there potentially being another Smash Bros. games, and do you think Nintendo could do it without Sakurai? Uh, Daniel, I'll start start with you. Personally, like I think it would be super cool if they let Sakurai, you know, take a rest, whatever, however long you need Sakurai, and then for whatever their next console is, bring Ultimate back into this the next console, whatever it is, with a new fighter pack and continue the train just keep mm. expanding the roster I'm nuts yeah i'm sure i'm sure like licensing and stuff might not allow that true though, right true yeah. yeah damn legal <laughs> stuff damn. did you guys do you guys apparently <laughs> i i learned just uh just by being online and by reading around this stuff that nintendo tried making a smash bros game without sakurai once well, it did. And oh. that it didn't wasn't going over very well. That Wait, just, like, kind of... wasn't what's up? Wasn't the last Smash Brothers? Wasn't that made by Namco Bandai? Talking about the Wii U one? Yeah, and the uh, and the 3DS one because they were kind of you know similar. Oh my god, there were there was yeah there, there was like it was Wii U plus 3DS. Could... Yeah, yeah, I think that was made by Namco because yeah. I think they outsourced it and people were like, "What the heck? You're outsourcing your most beloved franchise." <laughs> um yeah it's yeah that'll be interesting for sure to see see what happens and obviously they got all these licenses one time maybe they can do it again you know just do it again uh yeah i i would according to at e3 2019 nintendo announced that sakurai was working on smash Bros. for nintendo 3ds and wii u so did he so so he did have a little i don't know if he was super involved with it but apparently he was at least a little bit involved with the 3DS and Wii U ones, so that's that's good. But that that also helps us. Act, well, doesn't help us, but it begs the question: Is would Nintendo actually ever do it? Would they actually ever do a Smash Bros. without Sakurai? And would that be a good idea to to do that? Not not that all the Smash Bros. were bangers, because uh, they definitely weren't all bangers. But do you think it would be? I don't think it would be good. I think they should wait until Sakurai returns yeah. to to continue uh, the series and just you know, like we like I keep saying, Ultimate is is such a great game that I don't think they need to rush out with another one anytime soon. If like five to ten years pass and Sakurai's still not feeling it, I think it'd be worth Nintendo looking into designing yeah. another one without him. And I think by then, we'll be like interested in buying another Smash Bros. Even without Sakurai, just because enough time has passed. Definitely. Also, I'm a dumbass because uh, Bandai Namco also made Smash Brothers Ultimate with Sakurai. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> they just they just work on the games. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, but that's good to know. Moving on to some more Nintendo news: Donkey Kong movie starring <laughs> reportedly in development. Let's go! A solo Donkey Kong movie is reportedly in the works. With Seth Rogen set to reprise his upcoming role <laughs> as the iconic Nintendo character. According to Giant Freaking Robot, Donkey Kong next Nintendo character heading to the big screen following the upcoming Super Mario Bros. movie starring none other than Chris Pratt as Mario. 
Um, as a as well as Key, um, what's Michael Key? Is that that's his name? Yeah, correct? Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Keegan Michael Key as Toad. I still can't get over that. I cannot wait to hear him as Toad. But what do you guys think about uh, you know, Illumination is going to be working on the so the same studio that's working on the Super Mario Bros. movie with Chris Pratt as Mario, and yeah, does this does this excite you? Does that do you think we're going to get Peach movie with starring Anna Taylor Joy in the future as well? Maybe a, a Toad coming of age story with Michael Keegan Key. You know, what, what, <laughs> Christian is shaking his head. What, what do you think about this Seth Rogen Donkey Kong news? I'm so tired, man. I, <laughs> like, I, I knew it was going to be a matter of time before we started getting the, the one offs, and obviously, you know what? Good for them. Like, make make your make your money, whatever. Like, you're a business. I get it. Uh, but, and I know I'll watch too. Yeah, yeah, they they but, got I, us. I mean, they got us. Yeah, the Illumination <laughs> movies, they're they're cute movies. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I I've seen one of the Minions movies, like half of it, when I was like <laughs> babysitting or whatever. Like I enjoyed those forty five minutes. So like I understand, and like getting the the IP to like a new generation of people through Illumination movies, I think is probably like a smart thing for Nintendo. It's only gonna like bolster their brand. So power to you but like having this on top of chris pratt be not just mario but garfield in the same week too much right for, it's oh, too much for me to process we truly are living in a simulation <laughs> we have to be uh, daniel what do you think yeah uh number one like do we even know that seth rogan is gonna be good as donkey kong because i'm still like hmm <laughs> What what a, what is this gonna be like? Oscar winning Dan. Yeah, <laughs> Oscar winning. It's him like smoking a joint the entire time, like <laughs> laughing hysterically. It's like oh I want to see like what his take on Donkey Kong is before I say like, oh yeah, I'm all in on this movie. Like maybe Nintendo, you should probably wait for the Mario movie to come out before you, you know, start working they, on. Secret. They heard, they heard his his Donkey Kong laugh and they signed him for three movies. <laughs> Yeah. In in Nintendo's slash Seth Rogen's defense, who would play like a good Donkey Kong? The only the only like reference we have is that Donkey Kong sixty four animated movie, and yes, that was and terrible. Was oh, I love the I love the mu I love the music. I really love the music, and I unironically like the the voice voice actor for for uh, Donkey Kong. But I don't think it's like. You know, yeah, you're good, right. Good, yeah, right. <laughs> but I do. I know what you're saying. Like, I I enjoy it, but I know it's not a good movie. Um, but yeah, there's that, and then there's the literal monkey character that has. I don't think he has an English voice in the games, right? I haven't played many Donkey Kong games, but it's just so weird to see. I agree, it's weird to see South Rogan play Donkey Kong. But who who would we not be like? Wow, you have him playing Donkey Kong. I don't think there's many people who would be like, yeah. I just Alba Zaki Kong, yeah, let's go, actually. Oh my god. Maybe. No. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think Seth Rogen's probably like one of the better. The best choice, yeah. 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 Why not, man? Why not? Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's 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 give him the benefit of a doubt. Chris Pratt though. No. Why'd they do that? <laughs> but Seth Rogen, let's let's see. Let's see how, how it goes. Um, moving on to the next story, I, I probably should have put this in uh, quick bites, but unless you guys might have some deeper thoughts to talk about, quick I know Christian. <laughs> it's like, how dare I? Elden Ring is getting a 15-minute glimpse on November 4th, my sister's birthday. Wow, happy birthday. 
Happy birthday. Um, to her. <laughs> Happy birthday to her. Um, yeah, it's going to be tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, Christian, I know you are the Bloodborne Dark Souls guy. How excited are you? I, I wouldn't call myself the Souls guy. Like, I've, I've played half Out of the three of us, Souls I guess. Games, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, but, dude, this is, like, the most information we're going to get, like, before the game releases, I think. 15 minutes, 15 minutes is a lot. And, like, we know almost... I mean, we know tidbits here and there. We've got the deep dive into sort of, like, what we can expect in, in terms of gameplay, in terms of the world. But, like, seeing it in action is going to say so much about, like, what the game actually looks like running. People don't know, like, how it actually plays. Is it going to be more Bloodborne-like or is it more Sekiro-like? Like, that contention is still, like, up in the air, like, in terms... In, in the Souls communities. I'm not even part of the Souls community, <laughs> but I guess on, tw like, Twitter discourse. But... Yeah, like it's gonna it's gonna really show a lot in terms of what to expect for the game, and I'm I'm super excited. Heck yeah. Play Bloodborne, bro. For the third time, I will attempt to play Bloodborne. I swear, I, I'm honestly in the mood for it. Stream and it, and I'll I'll be in chat guiding you. <laughs> oh, maybe I maybe I will. Christian, I mean, I'm not Christian. I, Daniel, sorry. <laughs> How excited are you for this the the presentation tomorrow? I'm excited for all those people that are excited. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Yeah, nice. obviously, people know my past with from games, and no, it doesn't go well for me. <laughs> not, not a good relationship. Not a good broken controllers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh huh. Pissed off, Daniel. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. In in fact, if I stream that game, people might see a side of me they wish they never saw. Um, but yeah, as I as I said before, I, I'm not a huge Soulsborne guy. I've tried Bloodborne before, uh, two times to be exact, and I just haven't gotten super deep into it. Just not into that sort of gameplay. There are some that I've liked, like I've said, Neo. I, I enjoyed Neo quite a bit, and Code Vein. I enjoyed quite a bit as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I'm excited for tomorrow. I, I want to see what this looks like, and if this is this, I keep saying I, I want to try Elden Ring. And tomorrow, I think that'll be the nail in the see if, if I really will pick it up to see uh, what, what this game really plays like and everything. Uh, so I'm definitely excited for the stream tomorrow. Absolutely. And yeah, that, that yeah, go ahead, Christian. I'll have to sign up for the network test. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> to sign up for the network test. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. It's well, okay. We are now... They announced tomorrow that you can play the network test right now after the stream ends. <laughs> I'm applying right up. now as we speak. <laughs> Good. While Christian is doing that, Daniel, yes. what you got for me? I've got a lot this week, surprisingly. Uh, I've been busy. Far Cry yes. 6, I started it. Uh, I really like the Far Cry games, and I started this one, and I'm like, I like it. But I'm not in the mood for it, and I immediately mm -hmm. shut it back down. I played like an hour of it, and I was like, I was digging the vibes of the world and exploring and everything. And then I was like, I'm just not in the mood for this type of game right now. So I set it aside. It can sit in my backlog for a little bit. But a game and uh, that is, you know, sort of not in my backlog is Metroid Dread's demo, which I played almost immediately after the podcast last week. And that was actually a good time, guys. And the Dang only right, the only thing that worries me about possibly picking this up is I did get frustrated to 
the point where uh, I was like, all right, I'm done with the demo for the night. And I, I didn't go back to it, but that little, I forget what the creatures are called, but the, the things that follow you and like you you instantly die if they touch you. Uh, the Emmys? The robots? Yes, yes. Yes, I was like getting very frustrated at this one point because I couldn't figure out what the heck to do. I couldn't figure out where to go. And then I realized what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to go around, double back and then go around and I figured it out. But that part really frustrated me. So I was like, all right, I need to take a breather from this. But I played like a, a, a solid 45 minutes to an hour of it and really enjoyed the demo. And that's really cool that they uh, released that because uh definitely got me in more interested in it for sure so maybe how long is the demo by the way i don't know i didn't i didn't finish it but definitely more than 45 minutes to an hour because that's how long i played it but (laughs) i i had a feeling that i was getting close to the end of the demo just from like you know kind of get a feel for that kind of thing uh so i i would imagine like maybe an hour and a half tops would be my guess which is pretty solid um But yeah, the last game I've been playing, which I I immediately bought uh, one day, I think it was Friday maybe, and I was like, all right, I need to dive into this because it, there's been so many people talking good about it. Guardians of the Mother Effing Galaxy. <laughs> enjoying <Lorkin> Galaxy. Yes. <laughs> they... <Lork. laughs> I've been enjoying the heck out of it. It is a very, very cool uh, game, and it is definitely something that I want to play right now uh, as opposed to Far Cry 6. And uh, I love the vibes that the game gives off because it's just like there is constant chatter. Like I feel like it's really well scripted in terms of like you're getting to this point in the in the game or in this point of the level and, you know, rocket says this or Groot says this and the banter on the ship is fantastic like i just love the dialogue in that game and i can't get enough of it and uh my initial concern with it when i first saw it was uh i didn't really like star lord's character design which i've started to enjoy more as i've been playing it however his hair horrible all right his hair's fine Horrible. It's a non-issue. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just I'm with Dan on this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it a little douchey though. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't mind the character model now. Like at first, I was like, "Man, this isn't Chris Pratt." So like, I had that in my head. But after playing it for a little while, I actually don't mind his character's look. <laughs> Can I ask how far you are in the game? Like, what chapter you think you're on right now? Uh. I just finished the first world, I think. So, not very very, early on, then. Yes, very early on. Dude, dude, oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to jump in on this real quick. Yeah, go for it. I was going to pass it up to you, absolutely. Yeah. That's the only thing I've been playing uh, this past week as well as Guardians. I just finished chapter 12 yesterday, (laughs) and like legit, this is going to be one of my favorite. Like, it's in my top 10 cemented. Like, it might be top five as well. I'm not sure yet because of what Dan said of how smart this game is written. This is this Star Lord way better than chris pratt star lord like oh, by man. the point yeah by the point where i'm in the game like all the guardians and that's because like in a video game you have much more time to like let things breathe hmm. you have uh, like characters being like fleshed out way more than like obviously like a 90 minute to, to a two hour movie allows but dude there are some chapters without spoiling anything like the the world design is like incredible uh, i i i don't know how like how they were able to like create worlds that are like so dense 
And so oh, I, it's hard to talk about without spoiling, <laughs> but there's a, a certain chapter where you can just kind of spend some time walking around. And the, the chapter itself is short, but if you spend the time to kind of explore and, and really like exist in the world, I spent like two hours just like being Star-Lord in this section. And it was like some of the most fun I've had in like a superhero game period or like a, a game this year. It, that game is incredible. I'm very excited to finish the game, but I also don't want it to end. And like the, in, the, uh, like the backstory of his character is super cool too when he's younger. I really like that whole storyline and like him yeah. talking to his mom and stuff like that. I really like that stuff. Uh, and like the surprising thing to me, Christian, is like the gameplay is like super simple like it, it essentially the game locks on for you like you don't have it's not like a yeah. third person action game or anything and i thought i would hate that but i actually really like it i think it works super well for the context of the game so yeah it's it's it awesome. makes it makes it cool because it feels more free-flowing when you're like in combat sections you can kind of move around a lot yes the only thing that i would complain about that makes it like not like a like a amazing game like a masterpiece is like everything's like a, a little bit janky like Star Lord jumps a little bit weird. Combats sometimes can be just like a little bit frustrating, not so perfect. The huddle up sections are a separate discussion on their own. Uh, but other than, like minor bug issues, other than that, like it's like I would say it's even like better than like an eight out of ten. Like I'm approaching the eight and a half, maybe even a nine. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to jump into that game eventually. I've been watching Andy play it. Uh, Andy Cortez of kind of funny fame, um, and yeah, I saw the the intro for it, and the like the whole the game was a lot more beautiful than I thought it would be, and most of that may be because he's playing on a 4K crazy PC build, but the fact that it's even possible is is awesome. Um, the animation looked really cool, and there was a character that showed up a little bit later on that I I was like, oh, this character looks so well done. Like I'm not going to spoil it because it is a it is a spoiler, but yeah, this is. Really cool. I'm definitely interested to to check it out eventually. And I, it was a game that I was interested in. Then I got like a little bit mixed emotions when they showed off a little bit more. But now after actually seeing it in action and people playing it, like yeah, I definitely wanna definitely wanna dive in and give it a shot myself. Um, but please message me when you. Sorry. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> please, please message me when you start playing the game. And Dan, please message me as you play through it because I want to <laughs> yes. know your thoughts on certain certain scenes. Will do. Alrighty. I will. I will. Um, the games that I have been playing, though, uh, Subway Midnight, Midnight, which I mentioned last week, if you guys were looking for a spooky game mm. to play for Halloween, I, I downloaded it. I haven't gotten very far, though. Um, I, it's it's definitely, like, a, I love the art style. The art style is beautiful, very unique. I think that's definitely one of its major selling points. Um, a lot of people, I think a lot of people do enjoy it, but right now I'm, I'm still, again, very early on, so I don't have... Too much to report besides it being a really pretty game and i'm intrigued by this by the story there isn't much story just yet it's more of like learning what's going on through the environment of it but uh, i'm definitely intrigued to learn more as i go go through it i think it's like it's 11 dollars is how much i pay and that's canadian so it's pretty cheap pretty cheap uh to dive in and the other game that I've been playing is Voice of Cards, The Dragon Isle Wars, which is a Yoko Toro game. You may know him as the Nier Automata guy, uh, the Nier franchise in general, actually. And yeah, so he made a, a new JRPG, and it is all uh, through, it's all uh, played through the the visual or the medium of, of cards. So everything is, is card-based. The world itself is, is cards. 
the characters or cars, everything is cars, like the, the, play, the item shops or cards. Um, and to, you know, enter these, these places, you just have to move you like a little game piece. Like it's a, like the life little guy or trouble, I guess, would be the best one. Little uh, game piece. And you just move around the map on these cards. And once you in, want to interact with the character, it's just the narrator speaking. So the, even the characters don't have um, voices. So if it's the Japanese uh, narrator you got, Kenji, Kenjiro Tsuda, who voiced Overhaul in uh, in My Hero Academia. And he has a lot of voice roles in Yoko Toro's games as well. And if you got the voice actor for the English guy, who I'm, I'm doing the English dub, you got Todd Hacker, Hacker, Hacker Korm, who voices Shikadai in the hit series, Boruto, if you guys didn't know. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I think the game would. I think it's lots of fun. I'm having a great time with it. I was ex- wasn't expecting to enjoy it this much, but I really think it's a unique take on the JRPG genre to just do it all with cards. And it's it's the gameplay is very Hearthstone like, where you attack the enemy, and if you want to use like a special attack, you have to use gems. So you have to reserve those gems if you want to use a spec. If you want to follow up with a special attack, say you're using a monster and you use one of the gems and the next magic girl wants to use a magic attack, but you don't have enough gems to do it, obviously can't do it and that could kind of mess up your flow. Um, but yeah, and I also think that the game would really suffer if the narrator was amazing and the voice acting is fantastic. Even though it's just one guy, it's, it's awesome stuff. So I'm having a blast listening to this man's beautiful voice as I <laughs> play some... Uh, JRPG goodness. So I'm definitely going to have some more to report as I continue down. It's very like one note right now. So it's nothing super special. Mm-hmm. I'm having a good time with it. It's just, I, I know what I've gotten myself into right now. I have a feeling that there's going to be a twist leader down the line as it be, as it is a Yoko Toro game. I'm sure there's going to be something crazy that happens later down the line where like, maybe there'll be voice acting all of a sudden. All these characters have voices and we're not card games or something. Something crazy is going to happen later on, I'm sure. It's going to make um, you sad is what's going to happen. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that is what I'm playing, and now, gentlemen, we are finally in the topic of the show. Warning, Blizzard incoming. We've got a flurry of Blizzard news happening now, uh, the first of which is Bobby Kotick, Activision Blizzard CEO. He's going to be he's going to be taking a pay cut in his, uh, you know, his big paycheck. So Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick says he'll receive minimum wage pay quote, transformational gender-related goals are met. Um, reading from Game Informer, in an open letter released today, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick says he'll be receiving the California minimum wage for salaried employees until the company's board of directors has achieved transformational gender-related goals. Kotick laid out the goals, uh, those goals in a letter released, uh, well, on October 28th, uh, and at first reported by Video Games Chronicle, and he claims that his reduced salary will be $62,500. He also notes that, quote, this is a reduction in his overall compensation and not just a salary. The CEO claims he's not, he's asking not to receive any bonuses or be granted any equity during this time. I quote, I truly wish uh, not a single employee had had an experience at work that resulted in hurt, humiliation, or worse. And to those who were affected, I sincerely apologize. Kodak writes, quote, you, uh, you have my commitment that we will do everything possible to honor our uh, values to create the workplace every member of the team deserves, end quote. And these are a list of the goals that he wanted to reach. 
uh, one, we are launching a, a new zero new tolerance harassment policy company. Well, sorry, <coughs> sorry. Uh, we will increase the percentage of people in the workforce by 50% and will invest 250 million to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. Number three, based on feedback from employees, we are waiving the uh, required uh, ar arbitra arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. Four, we will continue to increase visibility on pay equity. Five, we'll provide regular process updates. Um, so yeah, Bobby Kotick is setting out some goals for the Activision Blizzard company, and he's also taking a paycheck until these goals are met. Um, guys, what do you think? Do you think this is... Well, what, what do you guys think about this uh, this news? Uh, Daniel, I'll start with you. Yeah, the I think these goals are definitely great, and a great step for them. Um, it is funny that uh, he's almost lauding his uh, the fact that he's not taking a salary of you know millions and millions and bonuses and all that. He's like, I'm just taking sixty two thousand five hundred guys, you know, but. Like, that's definitely not the highlight of the story because he, the dude's going to be fine whether he makes 62000 or $2 million because he's got millions upon millions that he's earned over the past however many years he's been Activision CEO. Uh, so, yeah, this is definitely a, a great step uh, with the goals that they've outlined here. Um, and I guess it is a little nice gesture, I guess, by Kotick to say, all right, I'll, I'll not take anything over the minimum, which... <laughs> My goodness, sixty-two thousand five hundred is the minimum for salaried employees. Uh, what? Uh, yes, I'll sign up for that. You know, well, not really, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was a little bit higher on it than Dan initially because, like, you normally don't see gestures like this from CEOs. Like, they're always usually mostly talk and not action. So to see something like a CEO actually like take an actual pay cut until things happen was a pleasant surprise for me i mean granted dan's context is kind of like well he, he still has a lot of money he's still gonna be well off and he still is making a good chunk so like there's a little bit of you know, grain of salt right but i also like honestly i do really like the transparency of what they're act like listing out each and every goal and what they're trying to do like this is legit a very good step in the right direction something we were talking about what, like a month and a half ago when all this stuff was going down? Like, we need to see meaningful action take place. And it seems like they're actually trying to do it. Granted, there's been many missteps along the way, and they deserve so much criticism for it. But being on, on this side, and like, for me, like, one of the big things that I saw was, number two, was having an increased percentage of women and non-binary people in our workforce by, by 50%. Uh, investing $250 million to accelerate those opportunities for like diverse, diverse talent. And just DNI is like the big thing in, in what like companies trying to do right now. Like everything needs to be uh, like diverse and inclusive because like, that's how things should be. Um, obviously the work workplace culture was not that for the longest time. And that's like a huge issue. So to see them take these meaningful steps, like it really does make me happy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's, again, I, I agree with I agree with both of you that, uh, one, he has a lot of money, two, I think it's also a good good idea that he, he did that in the first place, that he even took the cut uh, at all. Uh, and two is also a highlight for me, too. I think that's something that they're working to make a more diverse workplace environment at Activision Blizzard, where it isn't, to my knowledge, isn't that diverse based on what uh, the 
the accusation that we've heard, or at least that the community is a very uh, toxic one uh, at the very least, which is something that it seems that they're trying to combat, which is great. Um, but yeah, 50% is a, is a big percentage, you know, so that's hopefully we do see the, well, the company, hopefully the company does see uh, these goals come to fruition. And uh, by that coming to fruition, we just get, you know, better gaming environment in general, just the games are, I'm not, not to say that the games would be better or anything, but just the, the well, I guess they could be because the, the work of the work environment for the people working on it. So maybe they'll enjoy coming to work a bit more. So I think that's great, great news that uh, they are trying to make steps in the right direction. And yeah, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm excited to see the goals actually be met, though. So as, yes. as we all said, this is obviously great. These are obviously great ideas and great words. Just want to see the actions uh, also follow them up. So yeah. And, and I feel like the I feel like the 250 million dollar investment uh, to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. I feel like that's more important, anyways, because like obviously you have to have the talent there that are diverse in order to hire them. So like, yeah. I think that that 250 million will come a long way in bringing other people that may not have necessarily went down the path of game development or, uh, you know, marketing in games or whatever, whatever else game jobs there are out there. So I think that's really probably one of the highlights for me. Hope they're not doing it just for PR. For sure. Moving on to our next little Blizzard story, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 delayed, and Jen O'Neill steps down from the leadership role. Um, reading from Imran Khan on Fanbyte, it has obviously not been a great year for Activision Blizzard between the numerous state lawsuits about violations of labor law and just, while general awfulness, there hasn't been a lot uh, for the company to hang their hat on in the game space to distract most people from all that either. That problem is only as exasperated as two uh, of the publisher's biggest upcoming titles, Zablo 4 and Overwatch 2, have been delayed to an inter inter <laughs> intermediate uh, point in the future. Uh, the news comes from an Activision uh, ahead of their quarterly earnings calls, stating that both games, quote, are now planning for a later launch than originally uh, envisioned, unquote. Seeing as how neither game had a public date but were presumed to release in 2022, it's entirely possible they're missing their internal uh, target dates and even may slip uh, for past uh, 2023 or beyond. Overwatch 2 feels particularly needed as, as work has stopped on the first game to focus on development of a now, uh, a now further off sequel. Additionally, Blizzard co-leader Jen O'Neill has chosen this time to announce her departure as co-lead of the company. O'Neill and Mike Yabara, formerly of Xbox, were installed uh, as co-equal leaders of the Blizzard of Blizzard after Jay Allen Barr stepped down following allegations he ignored a culture oh sorry. The allegations he ignored a culture of sexual harassment and discrimination at the studio in August. Yes, that's August of 2021, three months ago. Um, yeah. So Jen O'Neill stepped down, uh, decided to do something different. And as stated here, she only was in the role for for three months before deciding to leave. So that's not a very long time at all. Um, but as well as that, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 have been delayed. Could it be related to the workplace uh, environment? I, possibly. Um, but I, I agree with what Imran's saying here as well, that 
Overwatch 2 is kind of the the one to me that is needed the most soon as Overwatch 1 came out in freaking 2016. <laughs> That's crazy. Um but yeah, it's a it's a bummer and what Daniel, what do you think about Jen O'Neill leaving and more importantly Overwatch 2 being delayed and Diablo 4 being delayed well, as well. You see you say you say Overwatch 2 is more <laughs> important but Diablo <laughs> 3 hasn't came it came out initially in 2012 bro on oh, PC geez, right. only at the time <laughs> and then it came to consoles later but I think Diablo 4 is more important. Yeah. Uh I'm a huge fan of Diablo so I I, I want to see that come back uh sooner rather than later but yeah um it it definitely sucks that they're both delayed for fans of both series. Um I know there's a lot of uh overwatch fans out there that watch overwatch pro league and stuff like that so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how that delay affects them but obviously rather have a delayed great game than a you know game that comes out now and it's bad um as far as the jen o'neill stuff i thought she posted a really uh nice letter to the blizzard community um that she kind of discussed why she was doing this and everything else and uh, I thought it was a, I thought this was another good step by Activision where uh, Activision also worked with her um, on her leaving that sh- they're agreeing to make a one million dollar grant to women in games international, which is a fantastic nonprofit organization where she is actually a board member, which I thought was very cool. Um, and she talks about how that will help um, cultivate and advance equality and diversity and the global games industry. So very cool that even with her leaving, it is, you know, bringing out some good in Activision, I guess, and uh, <laughs> kind of going to a good good cause there. So, um, yeah. Uh, and Mike Yabara, I feel like I, I told you guys this the last time when they announced Mike and Jen were co-leading. I think Mike will do a great job, and Mike's a good good person at least you know, from what you, you can see from the outside, right. there's, you can only yeah. see so much. You can't see, you know, everyone's life 24 seven, but, uh, Mike seems to be a good fit and maybe, maybe bring someone else in to, uh, replace Jen, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm very curious to see what she'll do next. I know she said like in her blog post that she's not quite sure what her next step is going to be. Cause she wants, she wants to focus on like, like Dan said, um, helping just uh, like women in gaming specifically and just uh, towards the culture of like having a like a diverse and healthy work culture. So like whatever shape that takes, I think is going to be like, I- I'm excited to see like just in general, people start doing stuff like this because gaming can be a very toxic place. So to see Gen B inspired by what they're doing currently in the office and to, and to take that and be like, okay, well now I want to do not just do this on the, the Activision Blizzard side, but just in games in general. I think that's a very cool and brave of her to to, to go on that journey. As far as Overwatch and Diablo, <laughs> I never really had faith that Overwatch was ready to go and to begin with. Like to me that I I didn't think that game was ready. People still they didn't like that they're changing the, the team balancing, right? It was like right, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like Dan said, uh, the delay is probably a good thing. Although I can't, I, I can't speak for Diablo as much that that I that I know less about. But Overwatch, yeah, I did not seem ready to go. More time in the oven is probably a good thing. Yep, as Halo Infinite can account for. Very true. <laughs> very true. Very true. 
Well, guys, if there's not anything else you want to add, I can close out the show here. Nothing. All right. Let's make sure Dan plays Metroid Dread. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, again, for watching us live on YouTube, Twitch, and on Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Dan. I've been Roro, and later we'll be greater. Much love. See you in. See you in the metaverse. <laughs>